Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And we are back for another edition of Believe in 49ers presented by the Believe Podcast Network and betonline.ag. I am your host, Tommy Call the Third. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. That is triple I for the third. You can catch all my written work about the 49ers via USA Today's Niners Wire as well. And we have a lot to talk about as we preview the Bengals 49ers game here coming up on Sunday in Santa Clara. On the podcast today, we're going to talk a little bit about the injury news starting with Brock Purdy. He is in concussion protocol. We'll go over some players to watch on Sunday. Let's scout our opponent a bit with the Bengals. We will also find the edge in this game and pick some of our best bets for Sunday, including some player props. And we've been a bit hot when it comes to props specifically. And before getting out the door, we will look ahead at the college football slate and the NFL draft like we always do here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. And this week, we'll take a special dive into college football action, specifically in the Bay Area. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about betonline.ag, our friends over there. The last of the major pro sports leagues kick off this week, and BetOnline is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With the MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head on to bet head to bet online today to get your action. Don't forget to use the promo code believe B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% off welcome bonus and your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Shout out to our friends over at Bet Online AG. Mention a little NBA nugget. Shout out to all our Warriors fans out there, NBA fans that are celebrating this week as the NBA season got underway on Tuesday for uh, the 49ers. The Warriors started off the season with a loss. As some of you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I am a big NBA fan, basketball person in general. I'm the lead editor, managing editor at USA Today's Warriors Wire. So I will be covering every single game. If you're interested in that, you can hit me on Twitter. Like I said, at Tommy underscore III. Kind of in the process, should I change my Twitter name? Because saying Tommy underscore III over a microphone, it just does not sound good. So if you have any recommendations out there, send them my way because I am looking to make a change. And speaking of change, the 49ers might have to do that at quarterback this weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals because after suffering their second straight defeat against the Minnesota Vikings, the 49ers injury bug will be lingering again on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals while Debo Samuel is out and Trent Williams is currently listed as questionable with an ankle injury, but he's missed practice all week. The headliner of the injury report starts with quarterback Brock Purdy earlier in the week, Purdy entered the concussion protocol, and there has not been a clear answer if he's going to be ruled out for Sunday's game against the Bengals. 
if Purdy is not cleared to return, Sam Darnold will take over Kyle Shanahan's offense. Wow. I know there was a lot of people out there that when the 49ers kind of final roster came out, you saw Sam Darnold as the QB2. He won the job over Trey Lance, obviously. And you thought, maybe this guy's going to start some games this year. I know um, some friends in a group chat where the bet was, will Brock Purdy start two and a half games this year? Would you take the under or the over in that? And especially with, I think, nothing against Brock Purdy, but just with the 49ers injury history when it comes to the position, QB2 is always an important spot for the 49ers. But this concussion, obviously, Brock Purdy played the remainder of the game against the Vikings on Sunday Night Football. It looked like he took a helmet-to-helmet hit against the Vikings, with against Jordan Hicks on kind of a QB sneak. And following the hit, Purdy went on to throw two pretty much errant interceptions, the last one to seal the game in favor of the Vikings. You could say that that hit, that concussion was lingering. The spotter that is on the field, the concussion specialist, did not pull Purdy from the game. It didn't even look like he was evaluated or anything. And we're finding this out later in the week. I'll say this, you know, I'm, again, I'm no doctor and it's hard to dissect these, these, um, you know, injuries. But concussions are beyond a sensitive subject and rightfully so. I mean, it is one of the things that hinders the game we all love so much when you hear the word, it, you know, creates that sense of worry, panic, whatever you want to say. And I do not, I just don't see a way with the, the state of the game with where we are with concussions specifically, how sensitive they are, as I just mentioned, even from a PR perspective, from a Purdy health standpoint, for him to get cleared to play in time on Sunday seems really quick. Um, and it would be kind of a, I would call it a risk, obviously, if he does play again in that time, because, you know, you're obviously jeopardizing his, you know, if he's going to get hit again. And if Trent Williams can't go, the pressure will be on with the Bengals on Sunday from Trent Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, a super talented edge rushing group there for the Bengals. Um, you know, and if Purdy, the other side of it is Purdy is cleared, which it does seem like a real possibility. All eyes will be on the 49ers passer. And if mistakes begin to turn up for Purdy, questions will start to get asked. And that just opens the door for an issue, I feel like, with the 49ers and something they'll have to be ready to answer. And it reminds me, if you go back to just last season, I think why this subject is so sensitive. You think about Tua Tungo and what happened against the Bengals last year. He obviously got hit in their game prior, hit his head up against the turf. It wasn't ruled a concussion. And he went on to play the next week, got hit as many witnessed a really terrible looking injury. And then those concussions went on to plague the rest of his season and the Dolphins year. It was constantly asked about, constantly talked about when the name Tua got brought up. It still, to a certain aspect, does get brought up with Tua and the concussions. And I just don't know if the 49ers specifically are ready to go down that rabbit hole. I guess it's something you open up anytime you can play the game of football, but the cautious side of things, especially heading into a bye week next week for the 49ers, you'd think that they would play 
if you have so much faith in Sam Darnold to bring him in on the money he was brought in at, to get rid of Trey Lance for him, you'd think you'd have the confidence to go one game into the bye before the bye week to give Brock Purdy as much possible time to mend that head injury, the concussion injury. But I don't know. I don't, it's it's weird that he wasn't immediately ruled out. That that uh, that indications initially led to the fact that he could play on Sunday, and I do think even on the small sample size, whatever you want to call it, I do think that Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. And we can kind of talk about that now, kind of bleeding into our players to watch this segment. But let's talk about Sam Darnold. I mean, he was the talk of training camp, the former USC passer. His battle with Trey Lynch will go down in 49ers training camp battle history alongside those of you know Steve Young and Joe Montana. I'll just be honest. I'm not much of a Sam Darnold fan. I didn't love him coming out of college and as we talked about about on Believe on 49ers, I'm a big you know college football fan, draft fan. I was not sold on him. I do think the landing spots have affected him. I think that's always going to be the case with young quarterbacks. I mean, there's a reason these teams are drafting at the top of drafts. Not everybody is the 49ers where you can roll a Brock Purdy or Trey Lancer, a young QB, let's say, into an offense with Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, that is a rarity. And Sam Darnold has suffered from that. I mean, he's been around dysfunction with Matt Rule to his time with the Jets, obviously, poor offensive lines, poor offensive weapons. And, you know, I'd be lying to say if I wasn't excited to see what he would look like in an offense with Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and the rest of the 49ers. Obviously, I do think that's an easier layup for him to hit than willing a Matt Rule-led Carolina Panthers offense um, without a Christian McCaffrey, you know, with DJ Moore wanting out. That, there's a lot of issues there. I mean, I do think he can throw the football to say he's, you know, the most talented thrower of the football passer that Kyle Shanahan had. I, I don't know. I just don't know what people see in Sam Darnold specifically to kind of get that, garner that sense of hope. I mean, I think he is... He was available because he was available. There was not 32 other teams. Is there, do you think Brock Purdy is better than uh, Joshua Dobbs? Let's say, you know, is he, is he on that same, sorry, excuse me, is Sam Darnold better than Joshua Dobbs? Like he's in that caliber level of quarterback. Does he have enough of what it takes to win a game as in a spot start? Yeah, you'd lean, you'd lean into a guy like that. But I, I mean, I don't believe this guy's even, you know, a top five backup quarterback in football. If, you know, I don't have the list in front of me, but you can think of some guys out there that you'd probably be willing to roll with over Darnold. But I understand. I mean, you could be listening to this right now and be like, Tommy, he did this, he did that. You know, he can sling it. The the motion looks really good. You know, um, when he has time, he's able to create and hit his guys. And Kyle Shanahan, as you know, is runs a very scientific offense, and he's not going to have to. You know, it's going to be a lot of timing throws and it's not, he's not going to have to be putting balls in the window against pressure. Well, you know, again, I just, I guess I need to see it to believe it. And I think this is a good opportunity for him. However, you start talking about, you know, the weapons the 49ers have and the protection. Well, if Trent Williams just doesn't go and Debo Samuel's already out. I don't know. I just think Sunday's just going to be a rough one. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. This is the week I've been the most nervous slash unsettled about when it comes to the 49ers season this year. Um, I don't know. I just think his decision 
as for Sam Darnold, I think his decision-making is questionable, and I think the processing is slow. And you could probably eliminate a little bit of that in Kyle Shanahan's offense because he's going to be, you know, stepping on one foot, three-step drops, and, and firing. He's not going to be having to make the decisions 100% himself. But, I mean, if the processing is slow and the 49ers are chasing points in this game and are not able to lean heavily on Christian McCaffrey, you know, that processing better speed up to a certain level because with Hendrickson and Sam Hutter, Hubbard coming around the edge, I mean, I think the, the Bengals defense needs to get a lot more credit than what it's, you know, than what they've done. The fact that they're three and three, I feel like they've probably willed a lot of that because there is significant talent on that side of the field. And I think if you, you know, where they have been bad this year is missing tackles, not being able to get off the field on third down, things like that, where if they're coming downhill with the lead, you haven't seen that much from the Bengals defense this year. So I don't know. I just think there could be problems, especially with Donald, or even if it is Purdy under center on Sunday, I'd be surprised if it was him, but you never know. I, like I said, I am no doctor. I would think that, that they would handle this with the most sensitivity, the most caution. And so if Brock Purdy is able to go, then I think he should be, I, I trust that. I don't think that that's a bad decision because again, you guys know a lot more than I do. But kind of speaking of players to watch with Sam Darnold, I think you obviously put Brock Purdy at the top of that list. I think you watch him with a magnifying glass, almost everything he does because of obviously what we've not even to do with the injuries, but what we've seen the last two weeks from him, we've seen some dents in the armor. And, uh, you know, if he is out there, you're talking about one of the better quarterback duels he will have to see this season against Joe Burrow who has been bad this year, who has not looked himself, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to count him out until, you know, the 49ers go and handle business on Sunday. But talking about some players to watch outside of the quarterback position, let's talk about Brandon Ayuk. I know, you know, he's been pretty amazing this year. And, you know, although he had five catches for nearly 60 yards, it was a quiet performance last week for Brandon Ayuk, kind of in the middle of this breakout campaign. He has seemed to be that safety blanket for Brock Purdy. And I think even talking about the concussion or talking about Brock Purdy being off to an extent, uh, you know, he was not involved much in that in that second half. I think he had one catch, just one tart on one target. Um, and it really seemed like Purdy didn't wasn't even really looking Ayuk's way in the second half either. And you know, someone who had um Someone who, you know, had brought who had Brian and Ayuk over five and a half catches, cough, cough, me. I was watching that type of thing. And then going up against the secondary that features, you know, Cam Taylor Britt, Mike Hilton, uh, an underrated unit, two playmakers there. You know, Ayuk will be in charge of testing that unit because I think the key player in this game is Christian McCaffrey. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But Christian McCaffrey won't be able to operate and do his thing if there's no pressure on that secondary. And I think it's Brandon Ayuk's job to test that and stretch that out a little bit because McCaffrey and whoever's under center for the 49ers will want to operate underneath in this offense, get the ball out quickly. And I think we're going to see a heavy workload for McCaffrey, but that doesn't happen if Ayuk isn't stretching, isn't threatening, you know, the field for the 49ers and creating pressure on that Bengals secondary that I just raved about a little bit. So I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be a player to watch on Sunday. And like I said, Christian McCaffrey with Purdy injured and potentially Sam Darnold under center. This is a game 
that you trade for Christian McCaffrey, right? This is the game where Kyle Shanahan circles his name above the rest. And, you know, after suffering an oblique injury um, and a lot of questions of his status, um, McCaffrey will still be on the field, was still on the field against the Vikings for nearly every offensive staff. And I doubt that changes much on Sunday, as much as I'd like to see Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, get some more run and kind of give a little balance to that backfield. I just don't think it's happening at this point. We've seen how this offense runs at its best and it's with McCaffrey on the field and on the field a lot. And the Bengals defense, like I said, you know, although they've been underrated, it has been disappointing. And especially when it comes to tackling, I mean, the Bengals defense is allowing nearly two yards per um, carry after contact with ranks fifth worst in the NFL. Shout out to pro football network for having that stat up. Um, you know, even if Purdy is under center, I think Shanahan will need to lean heavily on McCaffrey to take some pressure off whoever the 49ers passer is against the Bengals. I see think this is the game we get the bulk of the carries for him. We have to tap in on see what what type of carries that number is on his prop because it could be interesting one uh for him on Sunday how much he should be touching the football and I think it should be a lot. I think that's going to be how you kind of swing this game. But again, it starts with kind of protecting the lead and not letting the Bengals downfield passing attack really hurt you and not be chasing points and that starts with you know what the 49ers defense is going to do and we're going to talk about two of those guys kind of headliners and that's charvarius mooney ward i'm a mooney ward fan i think he's a very underrated player when it comes to kind of the the nfl universe but sunday was not great for the vet against jordan addison and now on sunday he will get to see jamar chase or t higgins but anyways one of the toughest matches in the nfl and while I started the season quiet, Jamar Chase is no slouch. And if you give him a breath, he can ruin a defense's day single-handedly. And that is something Mooney Ward knows all about because there's serious history between the two. They met up twice when Ward was on the Chiefs. And Chase absolutely torched the Kansas City defense and Ward for 266 yards and three touchdowns in a Week 17 matchup. With their history, there's no doubt Burrow and Chase will be targeting Ward again on Sunday, especially coming off the performance against Jordan Addison. As we saw, kind of the interception he had to kind of set the tone in the game last week, he was picked on and Addison got the best out of him. That cannot happen with Jamar Chase because he is a better player at this point in his career than Jordan Addison. But to kind of give Ward a bit of some cushion, I think the 49ers will lean, need to lean again just heavily on that pass rush unit, front seven, defensive line, whatever you want to call it, whoever is going to get pressure, starting with Nick Bosa. We still have to talk about it. I mean, to be successful on Sunday against this dangerous offense, the 49ers will need Bosa to make an impact getting to the passer. Christian Darisaw last week got the best of Bosa, I thought, although the, he was able to not, you know, push that pocket around. It seems like all eyes are on him and the rest of the guys, even Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, whoever's on the other side of him, whether that be Drake, Drake Jackson, almost said Drake London, or um, the recently acquired, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I can't think of his name, number five from the Denver Broncos. You guys know who I'm talking about. Um, Whoever it is, there needs to be pressure. Knock Burrow off his rhythm. 
you know, I think Bosa still has the ability. I mean, he he does still cause significant impact and frees up the rest of these guys, but it's just the sacks haven't been there, and it needs to be there on Sunday to help the 49ers secondary. Bosa and Burrow, close friends, played together at Ohio State, but on Sunday they got to be enemies, and a lot of pressure, I think, will be on Bosa. It's something I think 49ers, um, you know, fandom, 49ers Twitter, whatever you want to call it, is on Bosa about. I think rightfully so. Two and a half sacks for a guy getting paid what he's getting paid. Not even talking about the money, but just talking about the production from last year. I mean, reigning defensive player of the year. It is fairly quiet. Um, you know, and moving off the players and looking at the Bengals specifically. They're just a weird team. I'm not sure who they are at this point in the year. I think a lot of people at the start of the season would have predicted the Bengals, you know, to be a serious contender in the AFC, not take a step back, take a step forward, especially with the acquisitions they made on the offensive line, jumps from T. Higgins in a contract year, jumps from Jamar Chase in a contract year. Um, excuse me, not in a contract year, but just in that jump stage of his career, third year, I believe. Um, and there's just so much talent on this roster. T. Higgins, Chase. On defense, they got Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pat, Cam Taylor-Britt, who I'm just a huge fan of, one of the most underrated players in football, Orlando Brown on the offensive line. I mean, they're as stacked as it gets, not only in the AFC, but in the in the NFL. And a team I think many of us thought would be kind of, you know, have, have a high chip count at the end of the season when it matters. Um, the wins haven't been there. Obviously, Burrow missed most of training camp with an injury, and he's looked injury at times. And the weirdest part, I think, about Joe Burrow is he's been so uncharacteristically bad in the clutch when this guy's been so great over his career at times. So it's weird coming off a bye. You don't know the team you're going to get because they started one and three, sit at three and three currently, and have made some strides. And it feels like Burrow specifically has got on the same page with Jamar Chase, and they're starting to connect at a higher level, which is scary with a team that has struggled in the secondary like the 49ers have so far this year. But I mean, I think what it takes is the pass rush in this game. It's got to be there to knock Burrow off, and that kind of will let everything else fall into place, and that, that protects the secondary a bit. And I think this is the game where you lean heavily on your two stars on each side of the ball, whether that's Christian McCaffrey on offense and Nick Bosa on defense. While those two are our players of the game, we will be watching. Shout out to Believe. Believe in 49ers sponsor, Bet Online AG. Let's find the edge. The 49ers are four point favorites on Sunday, according to betonlineag.ag. I'm not going to lie. That is a funky line. You cover your ears if you're a 49ers fan, but I like the Bengals in this one, especially at that number. More importantly, the number I like more, though, I would stay away from that four. It's just a funky line, especially for a home favorite. We don't know what's going on in the quarterback position yet. Even if it is Purdy, it's still suspect, I think. The line I like more is 44 and a half. Um, I like the over in this game. It feels incredibly low. Um, I think there's questions for both of these teams' defenses, especially the 49ers secondary against Higgins and Chase. And I feel like there will be scoring in this one more than 44 and a half. So give me the over on Sunday against the Bengals and 49ers. And as for props, I'm going to stick with what we've been talking about. I like McCaffrey over 74 and a half rushing yards for the 49ers on Sunday. I also like T Higgins over 46 and a half receiving yards. I think that is 
you know, uh, a lower line because he has had a rough start to the year. But I think so much attention will be on Chase. Uh, I think it will be drawing kind of easier cover, easier coverage assignments, and we'll be able to kind of get the ball a little bit more easily than Jamar Chase. Um, but yeah, those are those are some of the the action we like on Sunday. If you want to get involved in the action, head over to Bet Online. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V for a fifty percent bonus on your first bet with Bet Online. Um, we've already talked about a lot of the, you know, action for this game, and we're gonna kind of leave it there. But before we get out of here. Let's look ahead to some college football NFL draft preview like we do every week here on Believe in 49ers. Um, we've already talked about a ton of different pro- podcasts. Uh, excuse me. We've talked about a ton of different prospects on this pod and different players each week. But on Saturday, I'm speaking to the Believe in 49ers listeners out there that live in the Bay Area. You have the chance to see two of the top quarterback prospects in college football live in the same weekend, same day, Saturday, two of the top prospects, Michael Phoenix Jr. and Caleb Williams will head to the Bay Area as Phoenix leads the Washington Huskies to the farm against Stanford. And being a UW guy, I will likely be there on Saturday. So if you're going to be there on the farm on Saturday, hit me up on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. Would love to meet you. We'll grab a beer before the game starts. But if you live near Berkeley and USC and Caleb Williams, the almost guaranteed at this point number one pick in the draft will be on the field. It's pretty special that you can see both of these guys likely going to be top 10. Penix, where if he lands in top 15, maybe picks. Um Two of the best quarterbacks in college football, probably two Heisman finalists. The Heisman Trophy favorite, Michael Penix Jr., will be in the Bay Area in the same weekend. Get out there. Give those guys a look yourself. Hit me up if you go to the games. Tell me what you thought of each player. But that's going to do it for us here on Believe in 49ers. We'll be back shortly on Believe in 49ers on the Believe Podcast Network with a reaction to Sunday's contest against the Bengals right here on the Believe Network. Please subscribe to the pod and stay tuned for our next episode and you can always hit me on twitter if you want to talk some ball got a take on a player for the nfl draft or a good prop bet which you know that i love i'll need to take a look at it i will always ride with my believe in 49ers listener here and thank you again to our sponsor betonline.ag and as always thank you for listening to believe in 49ers i'm tommy call i will see you after Bengals 49ers on sunday Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.